Welcome back to the Argentina Project Podcast. I'm Benjamin Gadan, director of the Wilson Center's Argentina Project. In part two of this special conversation, former U.S. ambassador to Argentina, Noah Mamet, hosts his successor, Edward Prado, who served in Buenos Aires until this past January. They discuss where the relationship between the United States and Argentina stands today and where it's headed. Thanks so much, Benjamin, and thanks to the Argentina Project at the Wilson Center and Ambassador Prado. It's great to see you again, my friend. Um, let me ask you a, a political question. Like, how, how would you describe our bilateral relationship now uh, and, and positives and negatives? It's hard to tell because I think that it's still a good relationship. You sort of got spoiled with, with President Macri because it was a very good relationship. And you're, you get used to having that relationship and building that trust in, with all of his cabinet members. And now you don't have that relationship with the Fernandez people. So it was it was more challenging in discussing issues uh, and convincing him of certain positions. So it's, it was more work in dealing with them. But eight out of 10 times, they, they would agree and, and they do agree and they they go along with us. But it, it's, it was more challenging and more difficult to convince them uh, because they come from a, a position of, well, you got to convince me. I'm not sure I I, I want to go along with what you're saying. The mockery people would say, yeah, well, that sounds good to us. Sure. Uh, the Fernandez the, the, people go, well, we're not so sure we want to go along with you. And I think they want to show their independence, that they're not going to be uh, rubber stamping everything the U.S. says. So they challenge you more. Uh, when you try to talk to them about a certain position, uh, and it 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 makes it a lot more challenging to uh, have your facts straight and your information state straight, so that when you go talk to one of the uh, staffers of of the Fernandez administration, uh, that you can have all the information you need to convince them that this is the correct position. So it, it made it a little bit more challenging, but that's not to say that that there's we're still not on that it's not a friendly government. I don't think it's back to uh, what you had with Christina uh, Fernandez uh, Kishner. Uh, uh, I think the uh, Alberto government is more open, but still there is a lot of the Christina influence. A lot of the, the administration is Christina's people. So there's still that distrust of the U.S. that you have to work harder at at convincing them that our position is, is a better position to take uh, on certain certain matters. Edward, also, what do you think on uh, U.S. companies? I mean, I, I did a lot of work, as you did, promoting them in the country, brought new companies uh, to Argentina. It's obviously a very difficult macroeconomic situation. The exchange rate, as you know, the foreign exchange rate uh, also presents some opportunities and then some challenges as well. Uh, Walmart, I know, is, is leaving the country. Um, uh, so what do you see in terms of opportunities for companies and industries, but also what's your take on the current environment for U.S. companies? You know, Argentina has a lot to offer. Uh, the agriculture, the, the, the mining, the energy, the, the oil, the gas, the soy, the, the corn, the wheat, uh, lithium, uh, uh, educated uh, society that can really help with technology uh, a very advanced, educated group, but the politics of 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 the government and the Peronist uh, populist 
government that tries to control uh, the economy makes it somewhat challenging for U.S. companies. Uh, I think they see the potential there, but when you have capital controls and you have price controls and the inflation is going so high and you can't raise your prices and and, and at some point U.S. companies just, just get frustrated uh, because it's so challenging. The government tries to protect its own businesses, Argentine businesses, um, and, and don't see, see that by making it more challenging and difficult for foreign uh, companies, uh, they're really hurting their economy in the long run. Uh, so uh, given the economic situation right now, that, that the COVID hit at a really hard time because Argentina was already in, in a hole big time with the bondholders and now with the, with the uh, IMF and then the Paris Club debts are coming due. A lot of the provinces have uh, money that they owe. And then on top of that, COVID hits. And they just don't have the, the money, the resources to, to, to come out of it. Uh, and it's a really difficult time for them. And all these, what they say, temporary regulations that they're putting into effect that are hurting companies. Uh, companies ask me, well, how long is this going to take place? How long are we going to have capital controls? How long are they going to have uh, price controls? We can't continue doing business this way. Uh, and and the Peronist populist Hernandez government is under a lot of pressure to continue with these things, uh, hoping that they can somehow get out of, of the rough economic situation they're in. But, but long term, it, it, it it's going to be really difficult for them to, to do it. So. Uh, I think right now a lot of U.S. companies are taking the wait and see uh, approach of like where are we going? Yes, we'd like to invest more in Argentina and we see the potential here, but given some of the policies that the government is implementing, uh, we just don't know if if it's worth the risk. So they're taking a wait and and see approach, uh, which makes it difficult for Argentina because instead of bringing in this foreign investment, um, they're all waiting to see what's going to happen and. It's not going to happen unless these companies come into Argentina. So you, Argentina and these companies are between a rock and a hard place. So where are we going? To, where are we going? Where, where is this all going to end up? Uh, is, is, is Argentina going to survive? Um, you have good months. Soy prices have gone up. So all of a sudden, things look like maybe they're getting better, but, but maybe not. Uh, so it, it's really a, a really hard, difficult situation for Argentina right now and for U.S. companies trying to look down the road as to where they're going to go or is it worth staying here? Um, and no one knows. Uh, Guz, uh, Guzman uh, has some ideas and if his assumptions are correct uh, and he's able to implement some of his recommendations, it's possible they're going to get out of it. But if if Guzman's uh, suggestions or recommendations are not, for political reasons, not accepted by the Fernandez government, uh, then they're, they're going to be in, in a really bad situation, worse than they are now. I'm sorry if I've gone on too much. but No, no. I look at it, it's a complicated subject, right? Um, and uh, I'll tell you, I mean, I was, I was working with uh, Amazon after I left government. I went back to the private sector. and um, they opened up an edge center, which is like a mini data center. 
Uh, they opened up a sales office, a back office. For the first time, you know, Amazon was coming, uh, Amazon Web Services was coming to Argentina, um, but then potentially would do a huge data center, largest in Latin America. But, you know, once you had the midterm elections, uh, you know, a few years ago, and then you had the foreign exchange rate, and then you had the economic issues, they put it on hold, unfortunately, and, I, and I, I'm not working with them now, so I don't know the current status, but I understand it, it's still on hold. Um, but that foreign direct investment is so important to Argentina. Um, but I always told my Argentine friends, the first thing investors ask are, what are Argentines doing? Are they investing in their own country? Because we're not going to invest unless they're investing as well. They know much more than us of, of the current situation and the future um, and the regulation. So I always thought it was more of a, a partnership that they should look at it as a partnership rather than just need foreign direct investment. Because that's only coming, I think, once you have local partners and they can do it yeah. together um, is the way I looked at it. I know we don't have too much more time, but just maybe if one or two more questions. Um, the first one is, you know, we have they speaking of elections coming up um, later this year, Argentina has the midterm, the, the congressional elections. Uh, a lot of my friends down there are talking about that. H how much weight do you put into that will change, you know, the direction of the economy? And, and how important is this upcoming election, would, would you say? I, I think part of their problem is the Greta, the, 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 the conflict between the different factions. I mean, we have that in our country, so I can't say yeah. too much about being critical about Argentina, but, but that Greta does not help. Instead of trying to work together to solve their problems, they're at, that, they're at each other in, in conflict. And uh, I think what you see now and what, what I see now is, is the IMF negotiations are being affected by the election. Uh, it, the IMF might want some accountability, some economic plans to see exactly what what do you, Argentina, what are you going to do to try to pay this money back when it's due uh, and show us some constructive uh, efforts at, at doing that. And that could require uh, the Fernandez government to take some steps that that won't go over well with the people that could hurt them at the polls and the election. So there's talk about the Fernandez government possibly putting off the IMF negotiations until after the election uh, for, for fear that they'll might, might take some unpopular uh, uh, steps that will hurt them politically. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I think that that election is going to be really key as to is, is, Fernandez, both Fernandez is going to survive, um, so that uh, Alberto is there in in two in two in three more years, whenever, um, or someone else. You hear about Massa, you hear about Maximo, that maybe Cristina wants Maximo. Will Alberto survive? Who's going to be there? And then on the other side, you just don't know. You hear Loretta seems to be the the, the front runner. Vidal, I don't know. Moncrie still wants to have a voice in what's going on. So um, Argentina politics is, is really interesting. And uh, unfortunately, they're, they're so political that a lot of their decisions are more political than based upon what's best for this country. It's what's best for my political party and my political side. That's what I found frustrating as a judge. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't let the politics affect me. And I think most federal judges feel that way. Yes, a Democratic president appointed me, a Republican pre- president appointed me. But once you take the bench, you make a decision based upon what you think the law is. And I just didn't see that in a lot of, of the uh, Argentine judiciary. And I think that goes through all the government, that people are very political, much more than uh, than what we see here in our country. Well, uh, I always said that if I ever said something that sounded critical, that we needed to be humble about it, because, I mean, you just look in, you know, what's going in Washington. I had hearings, in the, you know, the, uh, CNN on earlier, and, and uh, I think a lot of that criticism, I think we need to self-reflect as well here in the States, as, as you said. Um, uh, so last question here uh, before we, we sign off, Edward, what are you going to miss most uh, about two things? One, in, in the job, and, and, and number two, on the personal level. And uh, I, while you're thinking about it, I'll give you mine real quick. Um, that country team meeting that we used to have, and we had it on Tuesday mornings, and this is really a compliment to the foreign um, uh, service officers who were there and, and everybody else who uh, was in that meeting. I mean, the talent that we had at the embassy, I was every day I was so impressed with. And, and doing that country meeting, which I tell people, it's kind of like a mini U.S. government. I mean, that's what the embassy is. And as you know, we have representatives from almost every agency and department. And, and going around you know, that table and getting updated and preparing for that for me, uh, I loved it. And, and being in that room with such uh, talented people, I think, was really special on the work side of things. And then on the, on the personal side, as, as you may know, you know I, I invest in this little vineyard in Mendoza. I still want it. I'm making Malbec. I'm going to export to the United States. So I always joke to my Argentine friends, look, I'm putting money in the country. I'm investing. Um, true, it's, it's a Malbec that I'm exporting and uh, keeping in, in Argentina. But uh, there's so many great things from the asados to the tango dancing shows uh, on the personal side. So do you have a thought on the, on the professional and, and personal? And we'll leave it after that. Well, no. Well, first of all, I, I agree with you completely on the, the caliber and talent of State Department. I, I mean, I've been a government employee over 40 years and, and work with all sorts of, of, of government officials. And I must say, I was just really impressed with the knowledge and the dedication of these people that work for the State Department. Uh, I think a lot of people see the glory of getting to go around the world and 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 getting to go to different countries and and all, but but it is is it's a challenge for them. I mean, you came home, I came home, I come back to my house, I have my old friends, the grocery store, the barber, and they don't have a home that they can call home because they've lived all their lives overseas. They have to raise their family overseas in different cultures, different languages, and and that to me was rather challenging and difficult to, to lead a life like that. It can have its excitement, but it can also have some hard times for, for your family growing up, your kids. Um, and yet there were so dedicated and so knowledgeable about everything that uh, on those meetings on Tuesday, I was really impressed with how well prepared they were. Uh, the last 10 months were difficult because we had to do it by phone mm-hmm. or video because we weren't meeting in person. So I really look forward to those Tuesday meetings where I could sit down with 15, 20 people and hear about what's going on in the military section and what's going on in agriculture and what's going on in public relations and the politics and 
and just go around the table and discuss all the different uh, topics. Um, it was just like you say, it, it was it was really invigorating to hear what was going on and be part of it. Uh, and uh, it morale was difficult. I'm going into to this because we were not meeting in person. Uh, and so I think one of the challenges that I faced these last 10 months is trying to keep morale high uh, over COVID where people were just stuck in their apartments. You No restaurants were open. You couldn't go out to the park. You couldn't do anything. Uh, you couldn't come to work. Uh, and, and and a challenge for me and my DCM was trying to keep morale going and trying to, to trying to get them active in trivia on on video or, or different wine tasting through video. And we'd come up with different projects to try to keep everybody in contact with the embassy community. That was that was really hard, but their spirits were high, and and I was really impressed with with the caliber of of people that the State Department has. Um, I'm going to miss uh, the relationships that I developed, the friends that I that I had, the the some of the food. Uh, you know, the Malbec wine, the reasonable prices of Malbec wine in yeah. Argentina, the asados, as you say, the choripan, the empanadas, uh, some of the Argentine food, the, the just the friendliness of, of the people, uh, just good, good people, uh, really caring about their country, pride in their country, uh, just super friendly. Um, you know, the, the VIP status is kind of nice. Um, but it's also nice to have your private times that I can go in, in cutoffs and tennis shoes to the grocery store to get bread and milk and don't have to have a, a, an entourage of four security officers and two limousines and a chauffeur to drive me just to get a loaf of bread. Um, you know, you kind of like the attention that you got, but but it's also nice to not have to put up with it. So part of it that I'm going to miss and part of it I'm not going to miss at all and I'm not missing it at all. So, Edward, I want to thank you for, uh, for doing this. And, yeah, we could go on for uh, forever uh, because I, I love my experience every day of it. I've got so many stories, and as you do. Um, so it's great to do this. And, and I want to, I guess, thank uh, the Wilson Center, the Latin America program, and the Argent Argentina Project, I guess, for really uh, organizing this for us. And so uh, with that, I guess we will sign off. But it's great to see you, my friend. And thank Keep you. Keep in touch. Absolutely. we Will do. Thank you for listening to the Argentina Project Podcast. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. For more on this subject, visit our website, www.wilsoncenter.org.